Welcome to season four of Exploring the Prophetic. We are on a journey of spiritual curiosity to see how God's voice can impact us and the world around us. I interview guests from every walk of life and background about how their relationship with God and hearing His voice has given them different opportunities and breakthrough experiences. This season, I'm also asking every guest how they got through a time when they thought they had heard from God or they received a prophetic word from someone else that didn't happen and how God helped them to resolve that. Come join our conversation on Exploring the Prophetic, starting now. Oh, this is season four of Exploring the Prophetic, and I invited Sterling Harris, who's a former NFL player, on just because he is a kindred spirit. He's someone who teaches and exudes the prophetic in a similar way that I want to do, and I believe, hopefully, I do do some measure of where it's all love-based, and he is so connected. He's such a connected guy, and when I first heard of Sterling, and uh, I forget how we got connected, but when I first heard of him, I was like, man, this guy is just preaching a message, but going for it at the same time. Because a lot of people know how to talk about the prophetic, but they don't do it. It's not active in their life. And, you know, with 2020 being a year where so much coronavirus is happening, and 2021 being a year where we're still of some measure of lockdown, it's hard to find places and, and relate the gifts of God outside of our immediate sphere. But Sterling's just going for it in his ministry. He's uh, he still travels around. He still prophesies to people. He's still looking for those opportunities to connect the message uh, to the messenger. You know, I just love that. It's just so profound. We're going to have an incredible show today. You're going to hear about how this former NFL player then went to federal prison and actually had so much change and get challenged in him there, where it's really the birthing place of his whole ministry. It's amazing. You don't want to miss this one. It's going to really inspire you. I, I love this man. You're going to love him too. So stay tuned for Sterling Harris. God has wired you for hearing His voice, and this isn't rocket science. Through my best-selling book, Translating God, I introduce a love-based approach to the revelation gifts like prophecy and words of knowledge, then bring you on a full circle journey biblically on how to practice these gifts right now in your life. Be your own best personal prophet, and then have the authority from that place to speak to the world around you. We have an anniversary bundle available for you right now that you can get at our website at www.bullsministries.com. In this anniversary bundle, you're going to get Translating God the Book, Translating God the Workbook, and also our brand new e-course that you're going to love. We just made it really practical. It's going to take you on the whole journey of how to translate God for you and the world around you. Welcome to season four of Exploring the Prophetic. And I'm so excited today because I have on Sterling Harris. I love football and I love your background, but I even love more that you hear from God and you train others to do so. We got to talk about this. Welcome to the show. Hey, Sean, thank you so much for having me. And it's an honor to be on the show. Well, I mean, just hearing your story and just even reading through your story, I'm just so inspired that you made the choices you have and where you're at today, because uh, it sounds like it's been a windy road. So I think it's good, great for our listeners to hear even just, you know, your background and, uh, and I know you, you inspired me just from what I've read. So let's go for it. How did you start out in this whole Christian thing? Well, the Christian thing, man, is I grew up in the church and my parents were, were believers. And so we, we did the whole church thing. We went to church. I went to Sunday school, all those different things. And so when I was about 12 years old, I really was contemplating giving my life to Christ because a lot wow. of my friends were doing it. My, my parents were kind of, hey, you should give your life to the Lord. And so I just said, you know what, God, in my heart, one night I said, God, I don't want to give my life to you 
just because my friends are doing it or my, my parents want me to. Wow. I want to give my life to you because I want to know that I know you and I want you to know me and I want you to, I want to know that you want to have a personal relationship with me. And this is a 12 year old kid throwing up what I would call (laughs) throwing up what I would call a Hail Mary prayer in football. You know, you you throw it up at the end of the game (laughs) and and hope it works. Right. And so I had zero context for the supernatural. I didn't grow up around the supernatural, didn't go go up around the prophetic. And so when I threw up this prayer, I had no context or no language, no definition for what was going to happen to me. I just put the ball in Jesus' court and just asked him to touch me in somehow, some way. And the next morning, Sean, I woke up with a feeling of peace and comfort. And what I now know was the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit. Wow. I, again, I didn't have any context for what was happening to me, but I knew in my, in my heart, like I didn't see a vision of Jesus but I had a kinetic knowing in my heart that Jesus was not only saying that he was real, but that he wanted a personal relationship with me. I love it. You knew it from the inside out, which is so important. So amazing. So how did this affect just from 12 on, like growing up, what, how did this affect your decisions and what you're going after? I'd like to say that it affected every decision I made, but it didn't. When you were 12. <laughs> yeah. We understand. <laughs> well, I, like you said, I have a windy road. And so, so I grew up in a small town in Terrell, Texas, and played football there. And really having that, old, that whole small town feel, uh, that whole small town Texas feel. I don't know if you've seen ever like Texas sure. football movies, how big oh, football me, is in Texas. Yes. Oh, you do? Friday, okay, good. Yeah, Friday Night Lights and they're all the, yeah. I, so, and I lived in the South for a minute, down the street from a high school in Alabama. And it was a thing every Friday night. I would even go to the games. I mean, like the whole town showed up. It was a better stadium than some of the college stadiums I've seen. Absolutely. So I grew up in like Friday Night Lights, Texas. That's so amazing. I just so to give you some context of what what I was going through as far as as far as the just the the different stimulus that I had. So I decided to play football and and Sean. A long story short, a lot of people counted me out and God counted me in. I wow. was when I started out, man. I I I couldn't. I wasn't that athletic because I had I wore a size eighteen shoe, like seventeen eighteen shoe. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and, and I'm right now when I back then I was big, but now I'm when I'm my football NFL playing weight is about six foot six, six foot seven, about three hundred and twenty pounds. Oh so my in, gosh. E- even in high school, I was about I was six foot six, about two seventy. At You're the same time, I'm a big time, boy. I'm a big boy. I'm a hoss. <laughs> I love it. I'm 6'4 and I'm 250, but not muscle. So that's good. <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm working on it. I love it, bro. I love it. Hey, it's 2021's a new year, big brother. Yeah, come on. I'm working on it. Come on. I can, I can, I can be, I can be your personal trainer. Let me know, bro. We'll get it done. <laughs> I love it. You guys heard it here. You heard it here. Okay. No, yeah. keep going. I don't want to distract us from the story because this is so good. No, so I, I just I just wanted I just wanted to 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 play football and, and be a good player, but at the same time I was I wasn't the best at I wasn't the best at it. And all people kept saying, You're you're too fat, you're too slow, you're too this, you're too that, you're never gonna really wow. you're never really gonna make it. Like even even like playing, like I, one of my coaches told my varsity coach when I was a freshman that he didn't even think that I would play a snap of varsity football. That's how uncoordinated that I looked and I, that I was at times, but there was something inside me, Sean, and people say there was something that told me to do something at the time. I didn't know what that something was, but that something was the Holy spirit. 
And God kept giving me these wise thoughts, these loving thoughts that I had something great. I had a purpose, I had a destiny in me. And that if I would partner with that purpose, if I would partner with him, if I would partner with the gifts that I knew were inside me that nobody else could see, that I would, I began to just envision myself playing in division one football, playing on varsity, playing in the NFL. And I did what it took. I was the first one in the gym, the last one out. And over time, all those people that counted me out, my play spoke for itself and it started counting me in. That's so awesome. That is so awesome. And I was bullied a lot when I was growing up. I'm half black and half white. So growing up back, growing up back then, Mm. even now when you were multiracial there, especially in the, in the South somewhat, that wasn't that accepting in the time frame that I was in. So I did have a lot of that going on as well as far as bullying, but I was also the big fat kid. And wow. over time, God turned that into muscle, Sean. So if he can do it Come for on. me, he can do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. No, so, I mean, I just think of that with empathy, just growing up in that, in that you know, time frame. And having some dreams, but having not only people just naturally against you, just biases, weight biases, but then they have the race bias as well. And that's a lot to overcome. So the fact that you went for it and that God was the center of that, he was just kept putting that inside of you. I'm just so proud of you and so glad that God was in your life in that way. So let's keep going forward in the story. So, I mean, you went, you came a long way from high school football all the way to, I believe you played for the Browns in the NFL. I mean, this is incredible. It it is it is Sean and I just had I just had this knowing inside of me and and I would watch these football movies and like the Rocky movies and I would mm-hmm. see how he overcame and I would have these thoughts of Sterling you can do this too now Sean I'm going to be perfectly transparent with you I didn't know it was God's voice I had zero sure. idea this was the Holy Spirit I just thought I was a very motivational person <laughs> <laughs> but I love that I love that you're saying that. I do want to pause just for a second there and say that. You know, 99% of the way most people hear from God, Christians and non-believers, they hear from within. They hear in the voice of their conscience because that's where God was meant to be is inside of us and doing life with us. And it doesn't mean we don't have those external visions and those external voices where God comes. But I love that you can recognize it because if you ask most people after they've gotten saved, can you recognize the time that God either saved your life or intervened before you were saved? They could all 100% say yes. But it's hard for us when it comes to God's voice to say, Oh yeah, that was God's voice. So I love that it was so natural for you to say that, recognize that because our victories, we're not the hero of our story. God is so intervening all along the way, even before we're saved. So thank you for sharing that. But I want I do want to keep you on track, but I just want to point that out to our listeners, like have faith for your unsaved relatives and friends that God's still trying to speak to them. He's never separated himself from humanity until we die and make a choice. Like we made a choice before we die. We either go to heaven or hell. That's the separation. But on this earth, the whole time God wants to interact with us whether we're saved or not, whether we're on death row or whether we're in business, whether you're you know, a billionaire or whether you're the poorest person on the earth, God is speaking. Man, that's so true, Sean. And I've seen that throughout my life. And, and the good thing about, about the ministry that God has so many people like yourself and myself doing now is giving people language, yes. context and definitions to let them know, you know what? The things that you were dismissing that you thought that weren't God, those actually the, was the Holy Spirit quickening that to you because you're not that wise. You're so not that good. smart. You're not that motivational. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I'm taking that personally. This is true. <laughs> Me plus God equals a lot. Me minus God equals nothing. So, yes, I agree. It, Exactly. And so I, I grew up in this works-based mentality. So it, it wasn't it wasn't that that those people aren't saved, going to heaven. They just weren't walking in the full revelation. So I didn't see 
a love relationship, a spirit-filled love relationship with Jesus. There was a daily intimate connectedness where people knew his voice and heard his voice and moved in, I would say, the prophetic. The prophetic to me means that you hear God's voice and you're in a two-way dialogue with God and not a one-way monologue. So good. Yeah. Based on that, based on the wrong definition and the wrong filter, because the wrong definitions and the wrong filter will keep you bound up without you Mm -hmm. even knowing it, especially when it comes to religion. So that's what I saw modeled. So we often we act out and we model what we see modeled. And that's what I did. So Mm -hmm. I all I knew is works based things like try to go try to be, be a good person, go to church, give back all those different things. The problem is, is that Jesus didn't come to make you a good person. He came to make you spiritually connected and change your nature to be like him. And he, and he had the, he wanted the Holy spirit to come and live inside of you because Christianity is not a religion. It's had a religion made out of it, but Christianity is an inhabitation of God's spirit in you. So you can live the inside out lifestyle that you're talking about where you hear God internally like Jesus did. And then out of the overflow of that intimacy, you go out and live this prophetic lifestyle and people are able to see the Jesus in you, on you and through you. I didn't I didn't have that. that that's yeah. what Jesus modeled. And, and and you and I know that's regular Christianity. That's exactly yeah. what we're supposed to be doing. But so many of us were, were raised either with no religion or with a religion that, that was more works-based and more taskmaster-based. So I saw God as this taskmaster. Wow. And when you see him as a taskmaster and you see him as somebody's going to zap you when you're, when you're doing wrong, then you begin to have this shame, resentment, fear, all these different things that aren't healthy in the context of relationship because it's the love of God that's supposed to compel us and propel us forward to do or not to do. Like when you're in a healthy marital relationship, there's things that you're going to start doing to honor and love that person. And there's things that you'll naturally stop doing to honor and love that person. Some some of it is some of it is just unspoken. You're not going to know because it's the love that you have for that person that propels you and compels you to act. And it's the same kind of that to me, that's the fear of the Lord that we need to have. Yeah. But the, the love of God has to compel you to move and to act and to say and to do. And on the based on the context of a relational connection with him. And so because I didn't have that, I began to pull from the wrong trees and I had all this stimulus coming in from being a good football player, being an All-American, the party lifestyle, the drinking, the drugs, all those different things. So because I wasn't fulfilled, because if you're not hungry and thirsty for God, because he built you to be filled every day with his presence, if you don't know how to partner, even though he lives inside every born-again believer, if you don't know how to partner with that actual anointing, with the actual Holy Spirit inside of you, then you can be relationally distant from God, even though he lives inside of you. It's kind of like being in the truck of the car with somebody for 10 hours and never talking to him. Like you can do it. So true. (laughs) You can do it. It's kind of awkward. Like so many marriages, like you could be functional roommates and not actually be in love and raising kids and doing all kinds of stuff. And, and it's the same with a relationship with God. You can be a functional roommate with God and you can give him space, but it doesn't mean you're giving him your life. Man, that is such a good word. Well, you're, what you're saying is like even better. It's it's just so true. So how did that affect you then to not have that level of relationship? You just described some of that, but you you make it in the NFL. And, and was there a place where, where you 
fully enjoying it? Or were you like, no, this is like, this is not fulfilling because of all this other stuff that's comes so, along with it. I would say, Sean, that there's these I'll be happy when experiences or moments yeah. that mark my life and mark so many people's lives. Some people like when I do this or when I get out of debt or when I meet this person or when I get married or when I have the, when I have my kid or my kid turns around or somebody gets saved, whatever they whatever I'll be happy when is that thing in your life is an idol and you need and you need to set it aside and set it on the altar and give it to the Lord because joy is a choice every day. And so you have to, you have, you have a choice to say, God, I trust you in this. I'm going to give you this. I didn't know how to do that. So I was saying, God, I'll be happy when I'm an all American became yeah. an all American in high school. I'll be happy when I go to division one, went to, wow. went to division one. God, I'll be happy when I go to the NFL and I went to the NFL and Sean, I can tell you that you've interviewed so many celebrities and you know, celebrities you hang out in, in LA. So I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but at the top, when people reach the top, these I'll be happy when moments. If there's not a relational connectedness with God, even if it's in the ministry, that there's a void in your heart that only a relational spiritual connection with God can fill and anything else just won't do. You always have that unfulfilledness in your heart. And that's what kept happening to me. So what I mean, for me, I just kept saying, well, I got to be more successful. I've got to do more drugs. I got to party harder. I got to make more money. I got to have more status. I just kept saying, I've just got to have more. And I kept banging my head against the proverbial wall because I didn't know there was better because all I knew was works-based religion. I didn't sure. know that God would, I didn't know that God would speak to you unless like you had some amazing, crazy calling on your life. And even then he only wanted to be involved in the big things that brought a lot of people to Christ. It wasn't, he didn't want to be involved in the everyday. And that's a lie, Sean, you know, you and I both know that's a lie. God is involved in the most intimate details of your life. And he cares. Not only does so he good. know, well, but he cares. And, and I think that you're describing a whole segment mm-hmm. of the world right now who is just caught in a hamster wheel performance. And so I love that you're defining it so well. So what was the breakdown where you actually started to meet God? in this way in the internal way all of a sudden it went from you know him you have a relationship with him but it's not it's not the leading factor of your life to somehow you have this turnaround in life and i know mm. i know you know we all have our aha moments but what was that encounter with god i would say that encounter with god sean is so i i went oh and 12 my senior season at smu and wow. i did we didn't win a game but i had a vision that god had put inside my heart of going to the nfl And he told Abraham, he said, Abraham, I'll give you as far as you can see. So visualization is one of the keys to breakthrough Mm. because God will give you what you can envision. And if you envision, even in football, when I started envisioning things and started taking mental reps and started envisioning myself taking the right step, doing the right thing, then I'd be, then I went from an okay player to a great player. Wow. Wow. And so vision, vision is so important. So I had this vision to go in the NFL. So when I got there and I had this, this still emptiness, and then I ended up losing my NFL career due to injury. But even when I got there, I didn't have this, I had this lack of peace. And so then when I lost my NFL career due to injury, I was still under the religious thinking that everything that happens to you is God's will for your life. Which wow. I, you, okay. you and I both know that is a lie. Yeah. If you're listening yeah. to this, not everything that happens to you is God's will for your life. There's free will choice of you, free will choice of others. There's God's activity always for your good and for your love. 
and the enemy that comes to still kill and destroy. Your, your life is a combination of those four activities. And you need the Holy Ghost's help to figure out and discern what activity is going on and what circumstance in your life. I didn't have that. I didn't have wow. that context. So when I would meet people, because at that time I'm six foot seven, 340 pounds, four or five times a week, people ask me, hey, do you play football? I tell them my story. I've told the story 10,000 times about how I broke my foot and, and I lost my NFL career. So many Christians would say, well-meaning, well-meaning by, by all means. They would say, oh, brother, you know what? God just have a, has a different plan for your life. Mm. But Sean, in, in the religious filter that I had, in this filter of everything that happens to you as God's will for your life, all I heard was God broke your foot and took away your dream just so he could give you another one. And so uh, for, for two years, Sean, I was so mad at God. I was so like, I, yeah. I, 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 I still had a relationship with them to the best of my ability. At the same time, I was saved going to heaven, but living like hell. And so it just, it just, this whole thing of partying and making money. And I got into uh, real estate and insurance and, and started being, you know, making a lot of money in that. So you asked me, what was the transition? It was when I had all this stuff I had, I, I was in a club in downtown Dallas and I was dancing on a, on the top of a couch in VIP and laser lights going on, fog, all that different stuff. Had, a, had you know, a, a BMW parked outside in VIP, $10,000 watch my wrist. I had everything, all the jewelry and the tulery that people say in life that will make you happy. From the outside looking in, people are like, man, Sterling's got it made. But on the inside, I'm still living unfulfilled. And I just look out at the laser lights, Sean, and I say, I say, Jesus, there's got to be something more. Because I'm looking around at my friends that got way more money than I was ever going to have. 50, 100 million dollars, private jets, you know, things like that. And they still had the same problem I had, Sean. They still mm. had a lack of peace and a lack of fulfillment. And you see that when people get on top, they're like, my peace is supposed to be there but then they don't find their peace and fulfillment there. So they began to spin out like I did. And so I just began to spin out and I said, God, there's gotta be more than this. And I tell so you, honest. Sean, and, and God will encounter you anywhere. Like I was praying in a club full of sin. I'm <laughs> sinning. Everybody around me is sinning. And then in the midst of that, God, God will encounter people anywhere. Like God is everywhere. He's in the marketplace. He's in the home place. He's at the church. He's everywhere. Like God transcends everything. I don't know why people keep trying to put him in a box because he can't even fit in the universe, let alone a box. <laughs> That's so true. Oh my gosh. So a week later, Sean, God begins to encounter me in my office. And I don't realize it's God because again, I don't have a context this time for the supernatural. So I began to, my body begins to get real hot and I feel like that there's like this battle of light and dark, (laughs) this light and dark. Like I feel like there's a demon trying to get inside me and take over my life. And so I almost feel like I'm about to have a heart attack, but I'm just sweating like crazy. And I, and I say, man, I am tripping. I've either got to get, and inside I said, I either got to get to a hospital or I got to get to a church. And I'm like, why did I say I have to get to a church? And the more I thought about it, the more I knew it was a, I had a, just a discernment that it was a spiritual it was a spiritual matter. Even though, Sean, God had been trying to speak to me so many different ways, but I had calloused my heart because he told me not to do the things that I was doing in the clubs. And he told me you know, to live a life more than more connected to him. Like I knew there was more, 
I didn't act, actually know how to go out. I didn't know how to go after it and partner with it, but I also wasn't approaching it with the same vigor that I approached making money or going to the NFL or anything else. I just said, well, you know, God will touch me when he touches me type thing. Mm. But it's something that you have to actually seek out because God says he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So you got to seek out it. I tell people, if you, if you don't hear from God, practice, do repetition, get some of Sean's e-courses, get his book, get, get the stuff that we put out, like and practice it. Like repetition is the mother of all learning. When I, when I start, when I started jogging and I didn't, and I didn't lose any weight for the first week, I didn't say jogging doesn't work. I didn't say dieting doesn't work. Like eating right, eating a healthy lifestyle and working out. Eventually, if you do that, you will see results. Yep. It's like anything in life. And so I didn't, I didn't know how to do that at the time, or I didn't have the, the, I guess the passion to do that, but this was my, my come to Jesus moment, if you will. And I'm sitting in my office and I'm just like, okay, maybe, maybe I need to smoke a cigar. So I just try to smoke a cigar. I like, I'll cough it up, almost throw up. I'm like, okay, maybe I got to drink something. I never drink in the middle of the day. I was like, I got to do something. I try to drink. Oh my goodness, guys, spit it up in my office, basically. And I said, you know what? I don't know what to do. So I try to start, I start Googling my old pastor and I find him in, you know, in a couple of towns away. And I call and I say, Hey, is he there? And they said, no, he's not here, but it's Wednesday night church. You can come to church if you'd like to. And you know, God set that up Wednesday night church too, like old school, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I sitting in my office, Sean, and, and I'm like, man, I can't go to church. I haven't seen this guy in a couple of years. I'm tripping Sterling. And then I, I kept sweating and I feel this thing wrenching on my heart, just wrenching on my heart. I was like, you know what? Forget it. I, I hop in my car, uh, Sean. And I know y'all got traffic it, like way worse than we do in California, but in Dallas, Texas, bro, we got some serious five o'clock traffic. I was in five o'clock traffic, five, 5.30 PM. I'm talking about dipping 90 miles an hour in every lane that I could. I'm up in the HOV lane by myself, Sean, by <laughs> oh, myself. No. I'm all up on the median. I'm just like, I got to get to church. Like I got something, it, something has to change. Cause this is like super trippy right now. So I walk up in the back of the church, what I now know is the back of the church. And I guess I was so up against it, Sean. I said, is brother Bobby there? And I said it in such a way and such a force. And the guy was like, oh, uh, I think he might be here. Uh, let me, let me check. I'll, I'll check for you. It's Wednesday night church, Sean. He's preaching in like 30 minutes. He's there. Right. And so he goes in the office and he's like, Hey pastor, look, there's this large black or Mexican guy outside looking for you. Like, what do you oh, want man. me to do? And he says, well, did he tell you his name? He said, Sterling something. Oh, Sterling Harris. Oh my goodness. So he comes down the hallway and Sean, I just say, you know what? I'm thinking to myself, what do I tell my, my pastor? I hadn't seen in yeah. a couple of years. Yeah. I said, I'm just going to tell him the truth. I got nothing to lose at this point. So he walks up and hugs me and, and he says, Hey man, what's going on? I said, I'm not going to lie to you, Pastor. I've been living wrong, been living in sin. I feel like there's a demon trying to get inside of me. And this, I feel like something's wrenching in my heart. I keep sweating. I don't know what's going on. He's like, oh my gosh. So let me pray for you. Sit at the back of the church and we'll talk in my office afterwards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he prays for me. I sit at the back of the church and imagine, Sean, I'm six foot seven, 300, 330, 340 pounds at that time. I'm rocking back and forth. I'm at your church rocking back and forth. You've never seen me before. I'm sweating profusely in the back pew. There's like maybe 20 people there. I'm racking, I'm walking back and forth, praying and talking to myself. And I'm just asking God, I'm saying, God, 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 cleanse me, help me. God, cleanse me, help me. And, and Sean, wow. my, 
my, my fingertips began to tingle and my whole body begins to tingle. I'm like, oh my God, what is going on? So I got, God, cleanse me. Please help me. God, cleanse me. Please help me, Lord. And then my fingertips start burning, Sean, and my whole body starts burning crazy, crazy, crazy. I was just like, what is going on? Because the only context that I have for burning is hell. So I'm thinking like right oh, then, wow. I'm thinking like right then, like all it's, all it's going to be is like ashes, like Sterling, I'm poof, I'm gone. And I got my Nikes left, ashes, that's it, it's a wrap. Sterling, n- nice dude, but mm. Sterling, you know, went to hell in the back of the church. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I just say, God help me because I just get so scared because all I know about fire is, is hell. I don't know about the fire of the Holy Spirit. So, so I began to just cry out to God even more. And Sean, it was like God poured liquid love on the top of my head. And this liquid love poured down my, down my head and down my body. And the peace of God fell on me. And little did I know that day, but God had baptized me in the Holy Ghost and fire. Wow. And what's so amazing, Sean, is the people that I was around, they didn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. I didn't believe, <laughs> I didn't awesome. believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire, but God didn't care. <laughs> he did not care. Wow. He baptized me in the Holy Ghost and fire anyway. <laughs> that is just wild. So that was the really the 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 time in my life. I was like, okay, I just started and I started going back to church and being, I just started doing what I knew to do. I started serving, I started helping, I started trying to cut down on the sin that I was living in. But the things that I was trying to do, Sean, after I got baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire, things began to fall off me and things began to melt off me. Sins that I was trying to overcome, I began to have, they began to lose their flavor. And and that baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire marked and changed my life. I look back on it now, I didn't know what happened to me until years later, I I was listening to a sermon with Todd White, he's an evangelist, a lot of you guys know him. But he had an encounter like I had an encounter about getting baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. And so when I heard his testimony, God said, that's what happened to you. Like I heard an inner voice in my conscience said, that's what happened to you. He said, the Mm. first one was for a cleansing. The second one is for an anointing. Go up there and have the man of God lay hands on you. And you're going to receive an anointing to impart to my body. And Sean, at the time, again, I'm much better at that that point when I see this seven or eight years later. At the same time, I didn't know if people get slain in the spirit. I didn't know well, these people, are they falling? Are people, people, are people pushing them? All this different thing. Hey, bro, when Todd White touched my head, boom, down I went. That was awesome. <laughs> no, and nobody pushed me. Nobody made me. Six foot seven, 320 dropped. Wow. <laughs> like a rock. So, hey, it's real. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so, so in, and, in the context of that, I mean, you have a whole other part of your story where you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then you get involved in some business. Uh, I don't even know what it was, just some business deals that went south, and you got in trouble in these. And it wasn't even directly your fault, but what happened? So I, I, so I had this encounter with God with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire, but I did not know how to partner with what had happened to me. I just began to do what I knew how to do as a religious Christian. And I kept feeling this pull for God to, for me to change my life more and for me to close some of these open doors I had in my life. But I did not really, I didn't really know. I felt it. I knew it, but I didn't really know how to, I didn't see a clear path on how to do it. 
And so I, I just keep doing what I know how to do. I start, I start motivational speaking. I'm reaching thousands of kids. We're, we're, we're preaching to literally thousands, like seas of people and getting standing ovations at all these wow. different schools in Texas. And so to me, I'm doing like the best you can do in Christianese. I'm yeah. serving, I'm going to church, I'm helping kids, I'm, I'm a mentor, motivational speaker, I'm working at like this inner healing place and helping people get inner inner healing for themselves. So to me, I'm like the, to most of my friends even, that's the problem with not being and hanging around people that aren't really truly walking in more with Jesus, because when you're walking in a little bit more than they are, it's just like the status quo. So to my friends that knew that were in re- this religion, this religion type of thing and not in this relational connection with God, I was the most on fire person they knew. And that's, that wasn't a good thing, Sean at all. <laughs> wow. So a week. So I would say that a couple years later, after I'm, I'm just kind of in this push pull with, with the Lord, there's a knock on my door. And I go to answer it, and it's the FBI. Oh, my gosh. And they say, uh, Sterling Harris. And I say, yes, sir. And I thought they were there for one of my roommates because I used to let people that were down on their down on their life, I used to let them live in my house in the back of one of my back rooms for free. I had several people that were federal, former federal inmates that, that lived with me. And sometimes I would say, hey, man, rent free. Just get on your feet, man. And I would just always had... From, from having the Holy Spirit in me, I always had this love and this help that I wanted to see people do better, even though that I was living in compromise. So they, they, they say, they say uh, you're under arrest for mortgage fraud. And I say, well, I don't do mortgages. I'm a real estate agent, so there must be some mistake. To make a long story short, Sean, I sold 20 houses to an investment group when I was about six weeks out of real estate school. First deal I've ever done, first client deal I ever did. What I didn't know, these guys were doing all this fraudulent stuff behind the scenes. And they what they did is they they basically bought all these houses and let them get foreclosed on and didn't pay any of the payments, but they pulled this equity out up front. And I, I, they they told us a whole different story than what was actually what actually happened. Wow. So by the time wow. I found out about it, like nine months later when the house got foreclosed on, I just washed my hands, uh, washed my hands of the deal and said, you know what? I'm done with you guys. I can't do business with, with people. They're going to do business like this, not knowing it was going to come back to me. So I end up getting 70 months in federal prison, which is oh five gosh. years and 10 months. That is for so traumatizing a, for a crime that I didn't knowingly commit. Now my, my accountability was, is that I had an inward knowing that, you know, everybody's had that gut feeling where they're like, yes. ah, something doesn't seem right. That's actually the Holy Spirit. That's the inward witness of the Holy Spirit within you. God's kinetically moving on you not to do something or to do something. We also also have that, that inward compass of the Holy Spirit that, that gives us a peace about doing something or a peace about saying something. So I always tell people, listen to what's internally going on in you because God speaks through that internal witness of the Holy Spirit kinetically with a, this le- with this peace or lack of peace. And yeah. that's one big way that you can hear God's voice because that is God's, act, what we call active voice. That's one of the aspects of his active voice that you can hear every day and you can be guided into God's will and God's best for your life. So I get, so I, I get this sentence and I think they're going to give me probation, Sean, because I'm, I'm like former NFL player, motivational speaker, all around nice guy, right? And I, I was new to the real estate business. I'm just thinking they're going to give me probation. And they, when they give me 70 months, man, I literally, for the only time in my life, it was the only day in my life that I felt totally hopeless. Wow. I, go in my, I go in my clear closet 
And I say, Jesus, what's going on? I don't understand this. Because again, I'm still thinking that everything that happens to you is God's will for your life. And he just shows me a mental picture in my mind, the last part of one of my speeches. And I say, life will always present you challenges, but it's how you respond to those challenges that will determine your ultimate success in life. And then I just got the thought, the flowing thought, what are you going to do? And I knew God was saying, Sterling, if you serve me anyway, no matter, even though you don't understand this, I'm going to partner with you and I'm going to redeem the time. And so I, I knew that I had to do this. I had to, I had to partner with God. I had to serve him anyway in the midst of it. So I went to prison, Sean. It was a super, super hard season in my life. God, God cut my, a year off my sentence. I ended up doing three and a half years in federal prison. When I was there, I learned how to love people because I saw, I was always interested in why people change and why people don't change. And I yeah. was in inner healing and counseling and th- different things like that. And so God allowed me to counsel with people and help people while I was there but for the first year, all I did was serve, clean the chapel, all these different things. I just served because people were like, why don't you speak? So you're a motivational speaker. Why don't you come and speak in the chapel? And I was like, look, man, if God wanted me to speak, he'd have left me where I was. I was reaching thousands of people at a time yeah. doing the events we were doing. So something has went seriously awry in my life. <laughs> wow. So I'm just going to chill. So about a year into it, about, oh, about nine months into it. God said, God says one night, he said, I'm reading this book, the purpose driven life by Rick Warren. Yeah, sure. And it says, it says, if you don't use your gifts, you'll lose them. And it just heard the Holy spirit say in my heart, it's time. And I said, okay, it's time. So God literally downloaded my first sermon. And I said, Hey guys, whenever you guys want me to preach, whenever you got another spot, let me know. And they said, well, we'll check back with you. Sean's so funny. God is so about numbers. He speaks through numbers. And I love the stuff that you do on, on numbers. And we have some of it in our, in the stuff, the curriculum we do as well. So the date that they had was a year to the day that I got sentenced in federal court. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's the day I delivered my first sermon in federal prison. So in federal prison, I, I just, I just had this thing of, God, I want to know you more. I want to figure out what happened. I had these Moses conversations where I was like, God, I'm mad. I'm upset. And, and I said, and I kept feeling like God wanted me to have this relationship with him. And one day I just said to myself, God, how can I have a relationship with somebody I can't see? And I just got the flowing thought, follow me and I'll show you. Mm. And so through, I began to write down what I felt like my voice sounded like, what his voice sounded like, what the enemy's voice sounded like. I kept writing down different tactics that I would use when I was trying to listen for God's voice. And it was kind of like the superheroes in the movie when they get exposed to this element that brings the supernatural power, all these things start turning on. And so all these things began to turn on. Words and knowledge began to fly. I began to know things that I didn't know how I knew them. I began to see things in the spirit on people or around people, I began to, I, I began to, to have these, these inner knowings in this. And I began to hear God's voice for, for myself and other people. And then God began to quicken to me the authority we have in Christ through the intimacy we have in him. And I began to start, start see, seeing people healed, set free. I saw, I began to see miracles, you know, break out in the prison. We had a lot of people come to Christ. The, they grew, my ministry grew so much while I was there that hundreds of people came to the Lord. So many lives were changed. The most important one was my own. Literally, God had to move us out of the chapel, supernaturally moved us out of the chapel into a larger visitation room because people, when they came to hear me, God just had this drawer anointing on me where they would literally, people would be standing room only in the chapel and people would be sitting outside 
to listen to me orate the word of God because I was bringing something they hadn't heard. They had heard religion. Mm, yeah. Because people in, people in prison, like you live around them. Not only did they, did they knew that I preached love and relationship and it was something new to them, they saw how I lived every day, Sean. And the greatest sermon you can you can ever preach is the one you live. It's how yeah. you love your family. It's how you take accountability. It's how you love your spouse. It's how you how you how you pursue pa- your your passion at work and and live a life of excellence. That's how people are going to see the Jesus in you, on you, and through you. And that's what people saw, and it drew them to me. I got out, Sean, and I kept living for the Lord. I said, God, I'm just going to wait on the wife that you have for me. I'm going to wait on your timing. I'm 30 year, I'm at this time I'm 34 years old. I go from I go from, you know, living in this nice house, six figure paying income to living with my parents when I got mm-hmm. out, but I could hear the voice of the Lord now. I had more peace than I ever had in my life. Wow. And even wow. in that season, I had so many supernatural encounters. I grew I I went to God put me to work in an instrument drug rehab facility for for teenagers. Sean, I saw people's legs grow out. I saw wow. I and a girl's eye that was crooked go back straight on a word of knowledge. I mean, I saw so many people healed. I started so all the all this this book that I just wrote, How to Hear God: Ten Ways God Speaks. It started out as a lifestyle, and just it, selfishly, I wasn't looking to help anybody when I started this book, I was looking to help myself and they, they grew from a relationship that I had and these journals that I did, it grew from there to a lifestyle. That lifestyle grew into a a sermon that I did at a church one time. And that, and that sermon grew into a book, how to hear God, 10 ways God speaks. And so I, I began to activate people and I learned what worked, what didn't work, and I, I started using the things that had worked for me on them, but they were almost like my guinea pigs kind of. And that's how I learned how to activate people in hearing the voice of God for themselves. And there were so many times that these kids would be five years born in, in Jesus. Like they would, I, I had kids that got saved and they'd be getting words of knowledge five minutes, 10 minutes later after they were saved. Wow. I mean, it's, it's amazing. There's no junior Holy Spirit, as you, as you know, and I've heard you say before, there's no junior Holy Ghost. And everybody can hear God's voice. God speaks to everybody, no matter where you are, what you do, what religion you are. Now, if you want to hear his voice on a, on a regular, accurate, effective basis, you got to have a re- love relationship with Jesus Christ. But God is speaking all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, I've just loved your story so much. And I'm so glad that you, you actually processed with God through the hard moments because you could have absolutely, with some of the things that happened, come out with a victim mentality, but instead you fought and you partnered to God and you came out of it. And now you're inspiring just thousands and thousands of people. And I just want to, I want to ask you one more question uh, in, in the context of our whole show. In season four, we're asking people just as kind of a final thought, is there any time that somebody gave you a word or you even thought you heard God for yourself and it didn't work out. And what was the result? Like what, what, how did God redeem that or turn it around? Man, that's a, that's a really, really, really good question, Sean. Well, we're dealing with, you know, 2021 being the year that a lot of people have faced disappointment and prophetic identities and people who are out there, or even in the things they thought were going to happen in 2020, where we said, this will be your year of breakthrough. And it was a really hard year in 2020. And then 2021, a lot of people are still in the season of hardship. And so they're wondering where their prophetic words fit. And, you know, if, if there's, if there's credibility in this. And so it's just, I think it's so good when people hear like some of the stories that we've been having people share, Hey, this didn't work. And this is what happened though. 
I would say, Sean, for me, there has been a lot of words that God gave me while I was in prison that have come to pass. But for years and years and years, it did not look like it was going to come to pass. So mm-hmm. I would tell people, continue to put those things on the shelf, continue to, continue to weigh them because there'll be many more that come to pass than you think. But God is a God of process. People are always looking for the suddenlies, but you, yeah. get, th- you get to the suddenlies through the process because God is a God of process. Here's the thing that God showed me as far as the question that you asked and the thing that he put on my heart. He put on my heart that I was going to go to the NFL and that I was going to, that I, and I felt that God was saying I was going to play a long time, that I was going to impact a lot of people through the money that I made in the NFL and through the influence that he was going to give me. That was the prophetic word that God gave me, that I felt yeah. like in my heart that God gave me. And when I had two injuries back to back, I had to deal with a, a massive amount of disappointment and hardship. So yeah. when you wrap your identity, I had my whole identity wrapped up in football. And so if you have your identity wrapped up in anything, that's not a good thing. It can, it can be super good stuff. Mine was an NFL player. Yours could be a father or, or a mother or, 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 or this career. Look, all those things leave the door open and give legal right to the enemy to tear that idol down that you've made in your life, even though it's wow. something good. What wow. I did is I gave the, the enemy of the authority because I had my whole identity wrapped up in something that was not Jesus Christ, a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, I could have submitted that thing to God, and, and I think that I probably could have seen that prophecy play out more. But because I gave legal right to the enemy, that prophetic word that God gave me in my heart did not come to pass. Wow. And it's I had so to deal profound. with the disappointment. And, and later on, through my process of years and years and years of, of asking God and taking different things to him, at the end of the day, he shown me that I gave legal right to the enemy. And that's, what, that's where the prophetic word that I had got off track. Now, there has been, you know, there's, there's been things that, that people will, will tell you that, that might not come to pass. You have to weigh the word. You have to weigh the person. And don't give people authority to speak into your life or give you a prophetic word and hang everything you got on it. The majority yeah. of the prophetic words that I've gotten, I receive from God myself. So, so I always, I always tell people I have so many of my friends that have become shipwrecked because somebody gave them a word that was a, a really accurate prophet, but they had an off day or maybe that you did. Cause if you, even if somebody gives you a word, that's right. If you don't know how to partner with that word, you won't see it come to pass because you have to have the intimacy and the relational connection to know how to partner position yourself for the breakthrough that God's speaking to that person. Absolutely. I've, and I've seen Absolutely. so many people that gave all these people so much authority. Well, I did this business venture and then it ended up all wrong. Cause I, you know, I, I, I felt this sign was this and this prophet said this. And I'm like, bro, did you get a word, a personal word from the Lord. Did you hear his voice? Did you get a did you get an did you get an internal an internal voice? Did you see an internal vision? Did you have a dream where God made it very clear to you this is going to happen? Did you have a kinetic piece about what was going on? Did God speak to you actively personally? And so many times, Sean, the answer was no or yeah. I think so. Yeah. And the no thing witness. about there's no witness and so Prophecy flows most effectively out of daily intimacy with God and out of a relational connection with him. And that's the most important Preach. thing. If you're going to, 
If you're going to live a prophet, <laughs> if, so if, if you're going to live a prophetic lifestyle, effectively, you're going to have to flow and overflow out of a daily relational connection with God, reading his word, spending time in listening prayer, spending time with him. This is not rocket science. It's simple, but it's not easy because there's so many things pulling at you. You have to make you have to make time for God. And also throughout the day, one of the biggest things, and I think I've heard you share this too, is the little conversations I have with God throughout the day build an immense amount of connectedness with him because I'm always constantly asking him these little different questions. And I yep. practice hearing God in the little things. So when the big things come, I'm not overwhelmed by them because I've lived hearing God as a daily lifestyle. It's so good. It's so, and that is to me the biggest key, but thank you for sharing vulnerably on that because that's a, it's a big one that, you know, people are trying to overcome disappointment or trying to get clarity or trying to get, it's that maturing, like where you're saying, you know, I, I need to go to the next level of maturity, but there is these things that happen to me where, why didn't this happen when I thought it was God or this person prophesied this, or these people prophesied this over the nation. It didn't happen. How do I reconcile that? And so I, uh, I just love these stories that we're getting at the end of the, each episode. Well, story, I'm so excited. How do people get a hold of you? Because they need to. This is you're just such a, a light right now. I just want to hear like what's your website? How do they follow you on Instagram or Facebook, wherever you're at? So our ministry website is sterlingharris.org. Sterlingharris.org. You can follow us on Instagram at Sterling Harris Ministries, Sterling Harris Ministries on Facebook. You can you can email us at, at info at sterlingharris.org. Uh, we ask people really our YouTube channel. We have a lot of content on our YouTube channel. Uh, it's just Sterling Harris Ministries, our YouTube channel. Perfect. We we just ask for people to become a part of our community, become a part of a community that believes they can hear from God. And we begin, we can begin to ping pong off one another because none of us have the full revelation. All of us are still learning. And I love that you invite people on a journey, Sean, because this is a journey. This is not a sprint. This is not even a marathon. It is a journey. There's a, sometimes you're sprinting, sometimes you're running. (laughs) Sometimes you're sitting and waiting. I mean, it's It's so true. It's a journey. It's so true. Well, we appreciate everything you've shared today. Thanks for being on. And we just are so excited about your ministry. And I just pray God blesses it richly in 2021 because we need your voice. So thanks so, so much, Sterling Harris. Thank you, Sean. It's an honor. Do you want to be mentored in hearing God's voice? It's not hard, but it takes time, examples, practice, and conversations to really get in the place of being able to get revelation and also to know how to interpret and reply what God's showing you. I have started an online community through our platform, Transiting God Mentoring, where you receive weekly videos, weekly live group mentoring, monthly special events, and all of our past e-courses on the gifts, marriage, and relevant topics to your spiritual journey. Come join me and all my platform contributors to learn how to walk out a thriving journey of hearing God. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic, part of the Exploring Series podcast. These podcasts are made possible by generous donations of listeners just like you. Become a partner or visit us at bullsministries.com with your one-time donation today. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast, please become a part of our family by subscribing. Connect to us at www.bullsministries.com where we want to resource you with our articles, books, weekly mentoring, e-courses, and more or download our Bulls app free at our web store. We love to hear your feedback. Drop us a line and also your rating, reviewing, and sharing makes such a difference in the world for people learning about us. Thanks for listening.